<laughs> the background looks like I'm going to remove your kidney for a nickel. Moo and hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. I am Brent Robinson, and with me for today's show is Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Uh, I have a standard post-race uh, protein shake thing. Uh, and also brought over a bottle of tequila to start pouring myself uh, when I get to it. Um, yes. I think I've had it before. The La Gran Señora Añejo will probably finish that off. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's not much in there. And that is Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? Ooh, uh, I did not race race one, so I'm just diving straight in. Uh, I've got a 1792 Sweet Wheat Bourbon Whiskey. I just had kicking around the office, so we're gonna we'll probably finish that too. That's <laughs> third of a bottle left. That's well within reach. Good. And I have I did race race one, but I'm in Friday, you know what it mode. <laughs> and so I'm still having uh two rivers hibiscus coxcomb gin. I don't know, hmm. you can see there's like a there's like a rooster on the bottle. Interesting. Like hibiscus gin. gin. It's quite nice, actually. I've uh, I've done my own hibiscus infusion of mezcal, which is really delicious. Mm. Uh, There's but... a nice color on that. Yeah. Too, Brent. Can you yeah, hold yeah. that bottle up again? I know this isn't great listening, but it makes for fascinating yeah, it's, viewing. It's it's kind of like it's a it looks a little brown, but when you pour it in the yeah. drink with the tonic, it gets a little pink. So it's quite it's good. We uh. Well, so this was uh, one of the ones I picked up. We did like a little impromptu gin tasting tour in Calgary. And uh, we go to this. So most of the places, I don't know. I don't what the, did I, sorry if I already told the story. But most places you went for like a little thing. They give you a little flight of gins. And they give you a little tonic and soda on the side. So you could mix up a little drink and try it out. <laughs> this place had had uh, the gins on the menu for like, I don't know. It's like 15 bucks for four gins. And then for the gin and tonic taster, it was like $24. It's like nine dollars for a can of tonic water. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And we were like, okay, I guess I'll just have the gin straight up. So we just had them straight. Ripping warm shots of gin. Yeah. It's great. And this is the one we picked up out of that place. So two oh, rivers so distillery in Calgary. Yeah, it looks delicious. Two rivers distillery. I just looked it up. Looks good. It was an okay, kind of cool place. Sounds but great. What is also a cool place is Watopia when you're racing the figure eight and you're doing a crap ton of segments. Uh, and that is race one of the Hurt Autumn Racing Experience. Sean, you and I both did this race. Um, it was it was a race. <laughs> it was a race. It was. It, I believe it's actually the first uh, of the... HSRL, HA, HSRL or hair races that I've finished in a couple of months. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I, I, I've been having some uh, some issues uh, while I work my way back. But, uh, oh, I, I guess I did do the uh, Glasgow crit, which was just a short one. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, this uh, we do, you come out of the pens, you go around, do, you know, Ocean Boulevard up the reverse KOM down through downtown through the S's do the sprint uh, forward or is that 
reverse. I think that's technically reverse. Yeah. But anyway, the bridge sprint. The bridge. The bridge after the S's. Uh, then you go back down through the uh, underwater tunnels again, up the hilly KOM forward, come down the uh, down the descent, back around to the sprint forward. The the one that's that is cobbled and uh you know does a couple little 90 degree turns into the s's and then you've got a couple k to the finish um in the c's there were so uh let's just talk about what the points allocation looks like for this yeah it's a bit tricky this week right uh yeah so uh if i was reading this right there are so there are four those four segments, the first three of which you get uh, fastest through and first across the line points. The fourth, that, that forward sprint, is just fastest through. And then there are points at the line. Um, I am not sure. I, I think it's 50 down to one for each of the segments. And then... Uh, it might be like two thirds of the, or like one third of the points is finish points. Does that sound right? Yep. Yeah, he just did. What did he post here? He said it was. I think he called it one fifty. Uh, let's double check. Finish line is one hundred and fifty at three points place. Okay, so it's not quite uh, one third, but yeah, real close. Uh, so there are, this opens up, uh, different strategies than you would expect in a pure HSRL, which is just first across or just fastest through. Um, we in the seas actually had some one, one rider attack straight out of the pens. Um, and I never saw him again. Um, there was somebody else who bridged up to him after um after the first climb but uh yeah there were there were definitely groups splitting even on coming up the the switchbacks out of um out of ocean boulevard up toward the kom um there were attacks trying to go off catch the catch that front rider the main group split in two um and i had to bridge from what was group three to group two on the uh on that first climb um yeah there were it was it was kind of more dynamic than i would have expected uh early on in this race yeah bees were kind of the same i mean the first climb went like everyone together pretty similar what you'd expect um you know there was clearly one of their atp guys kind of played off the back tail gunned it through and then sprint for the line um there was one guy who went early before the first sprint like way early like I, you know i don't know i don't know how to quite describe it but like he was you know way before that's the one that was from the that's the bridge one right so he was like before the s's he was like attacking and attacking the group but we just didn't even chase him and we let him go um and then we caught him and everybody was back together and then they attacked again in the underwater tunnels um 
and then it was like one guy attacked, then one guy bridged up, then another guy bridged up, and the rest of us stayed together. Me and the two ATP guys, really. Um, till we got to Hilly, and then those guys actually did do Hilly quite fast. Um, although I did get third fastest on Hilly, so again, like the one guy who got a bunch of first across the lines or second, he got the way down on Hilly, so. You know, and that was the guy who kept leading the charge. You know, it's one of those guys like you're watching and he's like in the tunnel. It's like 4.0, 4.0. It's like, dude's going to do 4.0 for uh, 10 minutes and then he's going to smash us all up the KOM. Good luck. I wasn't going to beat him anyway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and then they were, we never caught them after the KOM before the sprint, but they didn't, uh, in terms of that sprint, you know, they didn't, um, I can't remember which one's which. That's going to be a longer one, right? The 25 second guy? Yeah. You know, they didn't really... Their times were well down. So, who knows? The points aren't all added up yet. I can't quite figure out how everyone's going to shake out at the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting that way, I guess. I mean, like I said, the one guy was going so hard that Certainly, me and the two ATP guys who knew what the race was all about were not chasing. Yeah, I mean the the one that attacked out of uh, our group, uh, basically after the uh, the first KOM, that he ended up winning the race and did basically from there to the finish. I think he averaged three point two for the race um, in the seas. Uh, and was just riding at 3.4 for like 15, 15 minutes or so after that. And it was like, okay, well, you, I guess we're just not going to chase you because it's not worth it. Uh, and he ended up bridging up and then actually winning the race by almost a minute uh, ahead of the guy who had attacked from the start. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I guess we'll see like again with the finish points and the FAL points, like it's not, Yep. As obviously terrible. It's not as obviously a terrible strategy as when you're just doing HSRL, right? So I guess it, we'll see where it all shakes out. Um, yeah, which interesting. is interesting to me from where I sit because this is one that comes back to the people who don't read the instructions. And it'll skew back to you if you're going for, you just accidentally collect FAL points. But can we back it up? Is there, you said one of them doesn't have both FAL and FTS. Is the final sprint is only one or the other? I believe it's only FTS, correct. That's my understanding as well, because essentially you can only get eight scoring points, right? So, so Four, if they six, did seven and then the finish line. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So FTS only on the final sprint. Yep. Okay. On the longer sprint. The longer one where you have the S's afterwards yeah. and then the, yeah. Steve Pritchard Memorial Descent. Okay. Which, you know, kind of ultimately incense, in my view, people to stick together longer, right? If the last sprint is no FAL points, there's less to play for by being off the front earlier. If you've read the instructions. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, the bigger group to there will go faster. Like but I, then like even said, race one results, like, um, I don't know, it was just you know, at most three is coming across the line. It looks like 
yeah yeah it did it did break i think the reverse the hilly ford breaks it up regardless and the numbers are small like we only had 13 guys in our race so yeah seems like fun looking forward to it yeah uh yeah, like the there fun. was i i did just want to uh shout out one of the herd riders in uh in the sea race, it was his uh, first race up as a sea, and I I only beat him by half a second at the line on the final sprint. Mike Stone uh, just moved up from D, um, and did a pretty good pretty good first sea race. Did Steph yes. race that race too? Because he's up in seas now too. He's racing. Uh, he was not. Okay. It was, but Stuart Evans was was in there and. Pushing the pace. Nice. As he does. Yep. But good race, Mike. Welcome to C's. Boy, yeah. A's were Aga and Manalo, and Aga beat him by almost a minute. So that's interesting. Dan Manalo is no slouch, but I wonder if him and Mike Fish raced the segments and then Aga just smashed off the front. I can't believe I used to race that guy. His numbers are insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's wondering. plus now. And when I say raced him, I mean I watched him beat me at every possible junction. <laughs> you entered the same races. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, bike choice. Tron is certainly a good choice. We got Tron. I took actually Arrow. Um, mostly because I was late entering the pen and too lazy to change, but <laughs> it's pretty like it's net flat. So, you know, yeah, you got to do the like even reverse KOM is kind of flat, right? Like yeah. you got to get up the first lump and then the finish is uphill, but there's not but much not you're giving C. away. Yeah. So it's really just that hilly KOM. So. Which, Either of those will be fine. And the yeah, and by the time you get to the hilly KOM, it's gonna be more about what your fitness looks like, like whether you've got anything left. I think the the smaller dif small differences that you know a bike choice would would matter for the hilly KOM forward. Uh once you're on your third effort and 20 something K into the race, it might not like might not matter that much it's it's really just who's stronger at that point yeah absolutely yeah so this is race two of the herd auto racing experience if you've been out get out there do it i think just see. so it's a shame a little bit that we couldn't score the tt across all races but it doesn't really work but did you end up doing the tt last week I did, even though I was <laughs> absolutely cooked. That that sounds like you wish you hadn't. I mean, I wish I was in better shape, though, so that I could do TTs on back-to-back -back days. I can't remember. I did something else. Oh, it was Thanksgiving, so I ate 15 pounds of turkey and drank like a fish all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I got on my bike and thought I was going to do a, a race. <laughs> So maybe not your best Bologna TT. Wasn't my best Bologna. I still ended up second that time behind Laurent LaBelle, who, you know, 
is a very strong writer. Uh, what do we end up with in terms of numbers? Looks like 31 Bs, 24 As. Over over the weekend or over the whole weekend, yeah. Oh, nice. Seven Cs. So, you know, not bad turnout. Um and I guess like the thing is, of course, like if you were like I got second in that race because there was like five people in it. So, you know, there's not too many points you're giving up either way, right? You get in a race, you can get third, fourth, not too bad, and you're only like three, four points off the pace. So get into a race this weekend. Uh, Chris, you doing, you doing hair this weekend? Yeah, I targeted the um, <clears throat> midday my time tomorrow. So what race is that? One, two, race five, I believe. Five. I'm targeting race five. That's my standard, but I'm expecting to probably be mildly hungover tomorrow. So, not a boy. You've also made the decision to. Get it in before then. Yeah, I'm supposed to play lacrosse this weekend, so it's like I better get that one in, and I'm gonna play three lacrosse games, and then I'm gonna try to stampede on Sunday. <laughs> that would be a recovery race, the Matt Defreitas special. <laughs> the Matt Defreitas recovery special. Yep. Yes, indeed. All right, I think that brings us to herd beginner racing. Uh, is it? Looks like it's on Rolling Highlands this week. Okay, I'm seeing the same thing you are. All right. For 14.1 kilometers? Oh, yeah, it's got the long lead in. 5.1, then 9 kilometer lap. Finishes at uh, uh, Breakaway Bray. Breakaway Bray. Breakaway Bray think, forward. Yeah. Yep. The second time that you go up it, I believe. Yeah, that's the, the yeah. lead in is that long one, right? You start up at the pens at the top, you mm -hmm. go down, you go through Breakaway Bray, and then this is the it's like the figure 80 one, right? Because you do the yeah. quick cutback, the long draggy climb. Cy Bradley special um, mm -hmm. up to the top of the castle and then back down through the corkscrew across the figure eight and then back up breakaway prey. Yep. Yeah. So uh, in terms of beginner racing stuff, I'd say your potential one, make sure you stay on it through the curly Q thing. I guess it's just the one lap. So it's just one time through that. Was well, that part of the lead in or no, it is not. No. Cause you go oh, down okay. the other side. Right, you don't you go down the, I call it the right hand side. I don't know the west side, and then oh, I see, I see. I had it mentally in the other direction. Okay, and then you cross from east back to west, and then yep, I got you. up the up the west side, back down the east side to the curly queue, and then cross over again. Okay. So I think it's just the one curly queue. So mm -hmm. I think it's just stay on the stay with the group, you know, through breakaway bray. That'll be a bit tough. Hopefully, I wouldn't try and shake the group myself through there but um stay with the group for sure make sure you're on it and then hold on through the draggy climbs and then if you're if you're feeling frisky try and send it from the curly queue <laughs> if you think you can break some people off but definitely be ready for others to attack there and then hold it and then try and win the breakaway brace sprint basically um i'd say don't the breakaway bray finish don't get too caught up with the start of the sprint segment wait for the turn wait yeah. for the hill in the turn before you start sending it i think if you send it too early 
you'll burn out before you get to the finish line because it's longer than you think. Yeah, and the uh, the there's that little left hand turn that goes starts where the the uphill really starts, um, and if the group is going quickly, that's actually about the right amount of time for a power for a power up. I can't remember if it's like for the thirty second power ups. Um, yeah, it's definitely it. it's definitely right for the feather or the truck. It's a little yeah. early on the arrow. Yep. And and you're gonna like it kind of flattens out a bit as it gets closer to the end. So you definitely have if you have arrow later, you can probably yep. come through a bit. I think that's all there really is. A uh, bike choice is probably fastest arrow. Tron is fine if you have Tron. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, your best mm -hmm. all rounder. Don't worry about anything special climbing. If you got something like Canyon Arrowed with DT 62s on it, the DT Swiss 62s is a perfectly good bike choice there. You know, any of the any of the good all rounder bikes, right? The um, felt. Yeah, the Felt AR, the Cervelo P5 2020, or not P5, the S5 2020. Yeah. The, um, the Scott Attic. Foil. 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 No, you're right. I don't remember. I the think Scott. the Plasma is the TT bike. Isn't the Foil the Scott Climber bike? I and think the, Attic. the Foil is the Arrow. Arrow. Okay, Foil is the Arrow. All right, so Scott Foil. Um <laughs> I feel like you guys are just making up names. Yeah. So are the bike blade. companies. Yeah. Why don't they just call them <laughs> the Scott Aero Five? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah. that it's it makes sense. The the foil, it's like an airfoil. Fair enough. Um, yeah, any of those are good if you got them. The uranium. I can't wait. Yeah, the uranium. Yeah, called. you are making up bikes. No, the nuclear is it, is it nuclear uranium? There's I totally one that's a uranium. You're something. right. I don't. Can know. can we play uh, bike name or comic <laughs> book villain name? Scott it's the uranium Boyle. nuclear. <laughs> is a very good bike. Uranium nuclear is also a good villain name. Yeah, I mean he lives in an <laughs> underground bunker. <laughs> We're just making uh -huh. stuff up at this point. I don't believe any of it. Uh, Climber's Gambit? Mm. Yes, true. Um, we are doing, let me find my notes. Leith Hill, off to London Town for Leith Hill. Uh, longer circuit for this week. It, it'll be 20K total in and out. And via Greatest London Loop. So the climb uh, will start at about 16.8, according to my notes. And we will finish uh, slightly after the summit and on the descent at 20K. But this is one uh, I was doing my crack research before the show here. And it looks like there's a climb to get to the climb. Yeah. So there's no need to warm up here. There is no need to kill yourself or turn yourself inside out on those lower slopes. Just get to the start line and hammer it. Any other thoughts? No doubter climber bike on this one. Yeah. Okay, it's, good. I was right on with that one then. Okay. It's uh, about 2K at 7% for the actual segment. 
Uh, but that 7% starts with, let's call it 500 meters at like less than 3%. Uh, and then it gets up into the 9, 10, 11, 12% for a good portion of the the middle and late part of the climb. So one for the bike change, perhaps. No. No. Still no too bike short, change? Too short for that. <laughs> Just thought I would throw it out there for discussion. <laughs> uh, yeah, climber. That's it. I haven't ridden this climb in a while, so I have no insight on where to deploy your watts. But it sounds like maybe after that, after that first section, you kind of use that as a warm up to get into your climbing rhythm, and then, I guess as as Blake would say, giver um, for the rest of the way. Yeah, I think, you know, the steeper it is, push it a little harder. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, there's lots of steep bits on this bad boy. If it's going to be, so, as always, the the best things that I'm seeing here from, a Z, like, the ZRL races, not from uh, Climber's Gambit, but Really fast A's are going to be in the like five and a half to six minute range, I'm guessing. Fast B's in the six and a half to seven minute, I'm guessing. Fast C's seven to seven and a half, maybe. Uh, D's eight plus. Yeah, so not terrible. And then pay attention on the descent as well, because when it comes to HCC time, we'll be coming up the opposite direction. Ah, uh, we're doing Keith for for that... Yep. Apparently, I've never really done like a full smash a Rooney on this one. Uh, really, you've done a six and a half minute. Yeah, but three hundred and thirty watts. Oh, fair. Yeah. Like that must have been at the back end of like a, like, you know. And well, it's definitely the back end of ZRL, right? So, uh, it was, yeah, that was a uh, climb two of the Surrey Hills HSRL or sorry, yeah. ZRL. Um, so, probably a bit tactical, yeah. To be fair, be. uh, I was 25 seconds slower and was the fastest C time in my race, so. Yeah, like I can do more than 4.2 for six minutes. So I've never gone. I tried to go 400 watts up it. Well, tomorrow's an opportunity. Now's yeah. your chance. <laughs> Another recovery race? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's only six minutes. It's only six minutes. Fair enough. We'll see how I feel on Saturday morning. <laughs> All right. Heard of Mountain Goats. Road to Sky. Woo. The Alp. Yeah. Um, Settle in the threshold. Threshold? Yeah. Threshold. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, um, if you're if you're a D or a, a lower C, it's going to be a bit below threshold. But yeah, where are you seeing Road to Sky? 
October fourteenth on the thing. Am I on the wrong one? I'm on the Mountain Goats tab. Wait. Oh, I'm not in the tab. I'm just in the big schedule. On the master schedule. All right. Sorry. A little bit too much behind here. the scenes here. Yep. I see it. Okay. I'm with you. Which I don't know might change based on some of the discussion I saw between Matt and Mark this week. <laughs> I think there was an exchange in the in the group chat there's effect of like you told me it was going to be this so i put that in for hcc he says oh yeah i changed it sorry it's like i'll put it back don't worry <laughs> all of it is subject to change as is everything in life but let's assume it's locked and loaded let's as road disguise so we're going on the alp yeah yeah it's alp deserved um i think okay. the only question mark on this one is it's scratch race but do you do a bike swap mountain bike down climber at the bottom I don't know if you can save 10 seconds on the mountain bike down. Yeah, do it. It's close. Honestly, uh, like... Just, no one's going to be pushing it. You might as well just sit there on your climber and the wheels. Yeah. And, That's... Know, someone's going to pedal threshold down, like let them go. Or maybe you go with the dirt bike setup and drive the pace and drain people's legs, but then you're yeah. left, you, you drag them around and then you're left off the back. Right. Yeah. Although I guess the idea would be is that you can go, you know, 20% easier than them and force yeah. them to go 20% harder because you're on a mountain bike and they're going to feel they have to keep up with you. Although I, or, anyone they, notices if they you on the see you on the mountain bike, they're not going to be like, ah, oh, we need to keep up with them. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, frankly, it's it's an hour long climb and like yeah the yeah. the differences from the climb are going <laughs> to matter a lot more than whatever yeah. difference you make in the lead in. Yeah, the odds of you being within the two second difference of someone else at the top of the Alp are so slim that you know eat two less donuts this week. <laughs> How dare you suggest that? <laughs> I'm just gonna skip it just to be safe. I'd rather yeah. not take <laughs> this this one week we're not I'm not going to do the uh, mountain goats. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Like there's not going to be any draft anyway. There's going to be <clears throat> Actually, I think they do okay, but still there's going to be like you're not going to be close to anyone to draft on the hill like it's uh, yeah. no unlikely. How close are the two of you to getting the what is it the masochist badge or the uh, lunatic badge the twenty five times up the Alp is that what it is? We've we've yeah. talked about this a few times and uh, I think Brent has yeah. suggested that he's he's gonna go for it. I keep I do like you know I mean I I'll say I keep trying like I do the Alp once in a while but I never kind of get close enough to um. I've never like been, oh, I'll just do like three of them and finish it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm it was easier. Cool. Like back when I first started Zwifting, we had that Alp Dash series that was heard yeah. on. It was on Sundays and I could use that. Yeah. Like I would do a couple Alps a month. I mean, it was, that's, that's where Mountain Goats came from. Yeah. It, it evolved exactly. and said, let's do something else every now and then. So this is getting back to its roots, but I feel like um, I might accidentally collect that badge before too long. That might be, I mean looking ahead a couple of months that might be his resolution right there i have done 14 oh you're a ways off yeah that well that's one a month for 2024 
All right, what is the real <laughs> Alp du Zwift segment actually called? Alp du Zwift? Well, there's Alp du Zwift out in Labourg, Ozan, Avern, Rhone, Alps. That must be it, eh? No, virtual ride segment, Those... Tomotu Province, Solomon Islands. Is that the real world Watopia location? Yep. Solomon Islands, yeah. Average grade minus 1.2. Okay, that can't be it. Are those inhabited islands? Like, is there some poor guy with a bike over there being like, who's taking all my KOMs? Uh, no idea. <laughs> well, if, if Zwift ever introduces rowing, then those people commuting between islands over there are just going to have a a surprise on their hands. This is the, I don't know any other way to check how many times you've done it other than to check your, how many times you've done the Strava segment. Us just look, this is good. This is good radio. Yeah. yeah. Nothing like <laughs> dead air. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm at about 20 is my recollection. I don't know. We'll I'll, I'll look it up and I'll leave a note in the comments on the posts on Facebook about this show. So there you go. There's a, a pitch for everyone to engage with the show on the socials. <laughs> and Sean, you can edit out the seven minutes of dead air there. Yeah. While we were looking at websites. Sorry. Perfect. Everybody. In any event, I, let us know if you have the uh, the masochist badge on the thing, because none of us do yet. It is one of the few badges I don't have on Zwift yet. So, I, does the new companion app show it to you? Does it show you how many times? That's you've what I'm things? looking at now, oh, and no. no, no, okay, okay. Well, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't like just tell you how many in total, but it does tell you like quarterly how many times you've done it, and you can add them up there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I said, I'll look it up and we'll move on to the stampede. <laughs> this week is greater London flat. It is 17 kilometers total. We'll check that. Uh, it says 11.7, but there's a five point some odd kilometer lead in. So it is longer than that. I'm pretty sure it's 17 total. So like I said, there's a five point. So kilometer lead in from the basically pens. a 10 mile tt yeah a little longer that but pretty close so uh yeah sorry I'm, I'm new here um okay yeah 17.3 is the total so there's a five some odd kilometer lead in that gets you up to which is the rolliest part of the thing i think really because you go you do the, like the start up to the start of the tunnel down the tunnel around the thames up northumberland to I don't know the Charing Cross Road that is the out and back to the Flam Rouge. It is now around that around that little out and back, yep. past Trafalgar Square into the mall. You hit the Sprint Banner. That's the start of the lap, and that's five point seven kilometers or something to get to there. And then it's one lap all the way around the outside of the London Flat stuff, back through the mall. When you hit the Sprint Banner again, that's the end of the race. So, you know, there's a little a little punch up Northumberland Street, little punch up past the statue of nelson that's actually a cyclist in zwift and other than that it's pretty flat <laughs> so what's our level of confidence in these monuments and street names that we say every time i so looked up northumberland when i did okay. the post for the thing so that one i'm like 90 percent sure on and i'm i'm pretty confident it says it's trafalgar square there i know it's called the mall is the red thing yeah the mall uh, for sure this is why it was helpful to have becca and james and I know Steve has made his illustrious return uh, to have some benchmarking for our uh, UK and London yeah. 
folks. So other than that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite as sure about what the one is that it's on the out and back for you to the Flam Rouge. I think when I looked it up it was Charing Cross, but you know, sorry Londoners, I might screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty confident it's the Thames River though. That one I feel pretty good about. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know there's I mean, yeah, it, it's I guess 17k or probably like even bees will be well over 20. Like you'll be into the 24, five, six minute range, I think. A's, I think, will be low 20s. So not quite your 20 minute power. It'll be a little longer than that. Um, fastest aero TT bike. Yeah. And uh, stick with it. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm looking at Bullseye and it looks like we've got a blank this week. We have a I week off. Yeah, I think they're taking a week off to prep up for HCC is I think what's going on there. Uh, I think it's still populated and cloned in. So you may just get to do Champs-Élysées again. So if, yeah, if you really like Champs-Élysées <laughs> and the bullseye. Say so it has cloned into Champs and has not been updated yet, which isn't that unusual, but you know. It is there if you want to go, whatever. But I'm I'm really hoping we get good bullseye numbers for HCC. So uh, we kind of did the. I don't know if we've done HCC preview. That might be next week. Um, but yeah, definitely get ready for HCC. But I think it's a it's a bit of a pause week on bullseye. Uh, just as a, I'm I'm sure that people have have seen the post, but just if not, HCC is going to be a full like a full week this almost week, like a week this and year. a half right almost a week mm -hmm. and a half to get everything yeah, done yep. uh so we'll start on the weekend of the 28th uh and goes until uh november 4th that, that like for the stampede is the last thing well the first event is bullseye on the 25th Oh, is it even earlier? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it is more than a week and a half. Yeah, more than a week and a half to get everything in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you've got two options to get your Climber's Gambit in. It's going to be the same Correct. course both weekends. Correct. That'll be a nice little uh, kickstart to the fitness. Um, I don't think I told you guys, but I had first time COVID recently. So coming oh, back no. to that, yeah, no, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't too bad. My wife's been absolutely floored by it, but uh, for me, it, it wasn't terrible, but it did take me out of pedaling my bike for like a, a good week in any sort of anger, but that'll kickstart it. That'll be good. Yeah. I, I had, I've had some COVID. It was this was my, my first time. Not... St food started tasting funny. That's how I knew to test <laughs> myself. I was oh. just like, well, that tastes a little bit vinegary. And then I got the two lines on the test. I was like, I've never gotten that before. But all good now. Good. That's the important part. Yep. And all right. So around the horn, we are going to talk about ZwiftRacing.app. And what all that means. Yeah. So. Um, 
Uh, I guess there are a couple reasons that we want we would maybe want to talk about this. One is we've been talking about ladder racing, and ladder racing really does focus on the ZwiftRacing.app uh, categories. Um, and there are a lot more categories on here than there are in, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, and Zwift. Uh, there are, you know, gold, amethyst, platinum, whatever, depending on, I, I, I'm not going to go through all of them, but, um, you know, a whole, a whole, uh, a whole tier list of different um, categories. And the way that the rankings work, um, you are you gain or lose ranking points by beating or losing to people who are higher or lower than you. Um, so the your velo rating it is based on uh, elo, which is like it is a that was initially a ranking uh, system that was built for head-to-head -head things like chess. Um, so chess rankings still use ELO as your, you know, your ranking. Um, and the bigger the difference between the people that, that are, like, if you are lower ranked and you beat someone, you gain more points than if you beat someone that is ranked lower than you. Uh, so that's the a basic idea of how this is supposed to work. Um, it is a predictive model, so uh, it is not like, okay, you've gained this many points. It's it's uh, really trying to assess the strength of any given rider. Um, so if you line everybody line everybody up in a race based on their uh, elo, uh, it should be a pretty good assessment of, where you should expect those riders to finish in that race. Um, and then they do actually have some uh, assessments of like, based on different terrains, your ELO should change by this much. So once you've done a bunch of races on a bunch of different types of courses, like you might be better on flats than you are on mountains. So that's that's the way that mine, mine looks. Um, Chris had... Chris took a look at it and had some questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if by questions you mean um, flipping over tables and asking what the heck I'm looking at, uh, then yeah, I had some questions. Well, let's go. So question the first. I, I understand the, first of all, I didn't know that's what ELO meant. So I assume VLO is just a nod to bicycles. You add a V to it. Okay. Um, and I saw what they did recently. For, I, I like the fact that every time you go on here, it's updated and it's trying to improve uh, sort of Kaizen style. I like that. Uh, so I see where it's tabbed out between your you know, landing page slash dashboard, and then you can tab over to your results, um, achievements. I, that's fine. Um, I, I'm not spending any time there. But on the dashboard page specifically, um, Previously, I would go on and I would see my little spider web of, of power, uh, which was previously just blue. Yeah. And I said, okay, I can understand that. That's my, um, you know, my 20 minute power values. I can see that. And I can see that um, as a 
the population percentage. I get that. Now there's this weird like red yin and yang overlay on top of that that I don't know what the heck that means. And then you referenced it briefly, Sean, was the the terrain handicaps. I don't know what those raw numbers mean. Like I know that I uh, suck going up a long mountain. I see that. That's why the bar goes below the line. And I see that on a rolling terrain, I'm good. And that's why the bar is, you know, relatively above that baseline. But I don't know what the numbers mean. I don't know what the handicap number means. So take, I think my understanding of that is take what your current uh, raw velo is. Okay. So I'll just go with mine. I've got a 1243 velo. Uh, and that that is terrain independent. This is how well you <clears> should do in races. Uh, but I have a flat handicap of 222, meaning that in flat races, my expected velo should be somewhere in the 1470 range. Uh, my mountain handicap is minus 240. So on a mountain, uh, my expected velo should be around a thousand um okay so you would take your velo and just straight up add or subtract or based I on add that number whether it's positive or negative and that will net out to your expected velo does that, that take type into of account race format within this i don't believe that no, it does it's all okay. based off scratch that's one of the frailties especially for guys like us who race mostly heard racing stuff is that most of it doesn't like it's not accurate i don't think right you're racing oh, it's, a different no race, it right? so it it is accurate it um oh. hsrl does work in um in zwift oh. racing okay. Uh, okay. so does climbers gambit uh and actually i think that part of the only reason that i have uh some of like a, a decent score in some of the hilly <laughs> The hilly races is because I've done pretty well in climbers gambit races, um, which often are on hilly courses. Okay, so that explains the terrain handicaps. Now, Sean or Brent, could you explain what this new uh, red overlay is on my spider web of power? I believe that's just the how that thing applies depending on which of those types of terrain you're on right so if you're on um like the red one is your hilly uh no so the red one is I your think... flat one and your blue one is your hilly one i'm pretty sure that uh your tops and bottoms no so uh we're talking about the power radar graph yeah the 90 day power radar yeah. yes so uh if we just look at like so I'll look at my two minutes because that's the one that uh, looks the best for me. Or ooh, my my thirty seconds that looks good. Um, so my thirty second overall is ninety two point three percent. So I'm in the ninety second percentile relative to all riders on Zwift or all riders that Zwift Racing is tracking. And then I'm at ninety six percent within the category. Um, so within so I am in platinum. Uh, it has me ranked as a platinum rider. So within platinum riders, this is where my, uh, that's what percentile I am within that group. 
which means like my 20 minute watts per kilo overall is like 37%, but within the category is only like third percentile because most platinum riders have a whole, a, a lot higher 20 minute watts per kilo than I do. That's my understanding of it. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Cause when I hit Watts, my, I get way closer to the category stuff to my Watts per kilo on like 20 and five. I'm like way down in my mm -hmm. category in particular. But overall, I'm pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. for, I, I would guess for all of us, we are, uh, we're, we're all fairly punchy uh, and are probably in higher categories than our pure FTPs would um, suggest we should be at. And so our, like, I would guess that the blue is higher than the red for 20 minutes for all three of us. Yeah. Okay, so that's how you analyze that data. Because yeah, there's, <laughs> it's like well, my... Uh... I'd say the other priorities are all kind of like, for cyclists we're kind of big yeah so mm -hmm. so like our like especially like if you flip from like watts to watts per kilo it changes it like a lot <laughs> like i'm a 80th percentile in my what am i uh i'm the green thing blue thing i've fallen back into the blue recently sapphire um so like i'm an 80th percentile sapphire but 91th overall in watts but in watts per kilo i'm only a 37th percentile sapphire yeah because there's like a bunch of guys who are you know, <clears throat> little guys 70 65 kilo climber guys in in the first sapphire yeah um i think some of the other like important points about this you can it it does estimate your compound score which is that like five minute power times your five minute uh, watts per kilo. Um, the AWC is, a, is an estimate of not your, so it, it gives an estimate of your uh, FTP, but this is an estimate of like your anaerobic work capacity is what the AWC means. Mm. So like uh, if you look at like your, your list of followed riders, you, uh, it will show you, okay, uh, I think, oh, it doesn't actually show you what the AWC is for everybody, but, um, but it, you can actually go into their profiles and see, okay, they are actually a more or less anaerobic rider than I am. Um, so you can kind of get an estimate of like, oh, they're really punchy. Um, and how does one, I, I understand, I know we talked about compound score and where that CS metric comes from. How does one calculate AWC? It looks like you're just racking up points, like you're playing like Spy Hunter. Like it's 26,079 from an AWC. What does that even mean? Whoa. So the, yeah, the, the, that is based on a model uh, from your power curve. Um, so when you do a power curve, usually what, what people look at is your what your FTP is from that power curve. Um, but if once you've estimated power, 
then you can estimate, okay, how much uh, does your, what is your work capacity above threshold look like to be able to do the power that you actually did for the, the shorter durations. So in order to be able to do the two or five or 10 minute power that you, um, that you did at your peak, uh, how much additional work above threshold would you be need to be able to do? Um, so that's in, what is it? Joules, uh, or, you know, so, um, it's also, I, I think, uh, Craig has called it Watt prime, uh, because that's what, um, that's what golden cheetah uses. Um, just think of like, if you're doing, if your FTP is, I'll just do simple numbers. If your FTP is 200 and you're riding at 400 watts, then you're every second you're doing an extra 200 watts or joules of, because joules is watts times seconds. You're doing an extra 200 joules of work. Uh, and if you have, if your um, AWC is 20,000, then you could do 20,000 divided by 200, which is what? Uh, Something ending in a zero. Yeah. A uh, hundred seconds. You could do a hundred seconds at 400 watts. So you'd be able to, you'd expect to be able to do 400 watts for almost two minutes. And that's your reserve battery until you Essentially, yeah. fail. Okay. Yep. Okay. So uh, a higher number is better that. for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, you know, this is the, the balance of a lot of riders, a lot of riders have a higher FTP and don't need to dip into their battery as much. Um, even if their bat that, that additional battery is lower, doesn't necessarily make you a worse rider. <clears throat> and then from a derivative perspective, is this something that I remember there was talk when um, Sauce first came out where you could track other riders' battery depletions. Is this something that this is looking at in the background and you can tell where people are about to fail? So uh, I don't, so Sauce gives everyone, as far as I know, every, it, it assumes that everyone's battery is 20,000. Um, I like, when I do my own, analyses my battery is somewhere in the 30,000 range but my FTP is really low um so and uh Craig shared something in in our group chat from his uh Bologna time trial where his battery according to sauce went to negative 45,000 uh meaning his FTP was set very wrong because you shouldn't be able to go below zero. Um, so there is like the FTP or the battery number was set wrong. And, and that's one of the limitations of sauce is you can't actually, as, as far as I know, and they may have updated this, but you can't actually adjust what your battery or other people's battery is set at. Okay, so it's not pulling like real-time data that the Zwift racing.app folks are, are basing this off of? I don't think so. Oh, you're right. I'm on your your page right now, Sean. It's a straight line down from five <laughs> seconds <laughs> down to the center for 20 minutes. That's that's funny. 
Um, well, cool. That was very helpful. Now I kind of understand what it is that I'm looking at. I'll forget all this in about six minutes, but I appreciate that. I can always listen back when I need a refresher. Uh, and then I think the last thing that that is kind of fun or important is uh, they also have a kind of ranking. So there's essentially Zwift Racing has two different types of rankings. There's the ranking that is how strong are you? And that's the your Velo rating. But there's also something that's more like the ranking that uh, Zwift Power uses, which is results-based. So you can get a really high, so they call that ranking points. Um, and you can get a really high ranking points value without having a really high Velo by racing a lot and just um, doing okay or doing well a few times because it you know it it does your best five races over the last 90 days just like uh Zwift power does um and then just sums up it, it just gives you yeah points for doing well in in those races you still gotta find some races that you'd score well in but yes. yeah but there but yeah this it actually does give two different sets of rankings Uh, and then final question, I guess, would be on the phenotype. I've fluctuated between a few, like probably depending on which races I've entered, but to anyone's best knowledge, have they added different rider types in there? Or is it just that I'm entering different categories and pursuing different um, power times? Uh I don't know what they like what the ones that they've had in there are, but I would guess that they have like sprinter, pursuiter, ruler, time trialist, all arounder, those kinds of things. Yeah, I'm currently listening to sprinter. Yeah. I'm also a, as a sprinter right now. Have you stayed a sprinter or have you fluctuated between categories? I thought I was all rounder before. Uh, and that was probably when you had done a better 20 minute effort to go along with your better, shorter efforts. And probably a better 20 minute climb. Yeah. Because I log on now and I've been typically when I show up here, I'm an all rounder. I've been a pursuiter, but now I show up today and I'm a punchur. And I, and I didn't do anything. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Do you I might just... have had results drop off. Yeah. Okay. All right. This goes off a 90-day rolling window. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, punch your. I need to start wearing a little cycling hat. <laughs> Which I think that's because your strongest effort has been in that two-minute range. Yeah, that's about all I can do. And it gets tiring. Yeah. Stupid sport. <laughs> it gets really hard after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like right out at the top on two minutes. And then five and 20 drops off. You're like a little lightning bolt. You and Chris are like, mine's pretty drop offy down to the five to 20, but not like yours and Chris's <laughs> or the five second to the 20 minute. 
<laughs> yeah, my five second to twenty minute it just looks dumb. <laughs> it's like it's like our blue circle. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, looking at Brent's, looking at Brent's, his his uh his blue is like pretty even all the way around. It's Good almost job, like man. you're just just actually just a strong cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> a strong. St- actually like is doing a lot of work there <laughs> i think the motto is be like brent <laughs> oh. i'm only strong till i get in a field with actual cyclists hey uh this is this is the upside of percentiles right you're you're 80 percentile or above on all of these which is if true i'm if I was uh, able to be 80th percentile in, in lots of things in my life, I'd be pretty happy. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Although I, I suppose like the second I, well, I'm only like 37th in like my category. And if I went back up into the emeralds, I'd be even further below in my category. <laughs> Although, like, some people must just never sprint. Like, I, 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 we're getting a little bit beyond this, but like, I just don't believe the guys who can do 4.3, 4.4, 4.5, minutes can't sprint harder. Like, they just must never try. They just blow everyone before they get there or whatever the story is. I don't know. I see people going, you know, 12, 14 in the orange i'm like there's no way i can hit that but i can do a decent two or five minute i just can't get that top end i could train for it but that takes time yeah i've got a 12.3 yeah like that's insane like that's that's a bit much it's a a thousand i think i've got a a thousand for five seconds which is about That's about all I can do. Oh, I love when I see the thousand. That's like, yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> Sean, that's old hat. <laughs> I think that I think that I did that for five seconds today. Yeah. I, I did not. It hasn't it hasn't updated, but uh, I was around eleven hundred for five seconds, which I'll take. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's good. It's good. I mean, it's good to understand these things. It's always kind of fun, right? To go poke around in here and see. I don't, because I haven't been doing as much ladder as some other people, I don't spend as much time in here. Um, yeah. I mean, even, even for ladder, I think really the important bit is just the categorization. Like, what category are you in? Because that, like, uh, determines what your, like, the highest person on your team determines what what like category level you are listed at for your ladder team yeah there's a few other series that use it right like i know i when i was trying to i thought about getting into chasing yep. uh chasing yellow chasing red chasing pink all those um this is what they go off of it was confusing as hell to me because it was i think they hadn't updated their description even though they'd updated the categories on ZwiftRacing.app. So I'm like, your numbers don't match. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Mm-hmm. So of course you have to like go to ZwiftRacing.app, look what your category was, then go to like the chasing page and be like, if yep. you are between these colors, enter pen X. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not any of those. And anyway, 
I gave up. <laughs> so Sorry. I think the the other part of this that is interesting, right, is like uh, Zwift is trying to move toward results-based categorization. They announced it and then got like pulled it again, because I think because a lot of people were like, you're really just reusing the, the Zwift power rankings on a different scale. Um, they well, pulled I think it's it and they're, back, though. yeah, no, so that that's, and I am intrigued to see uh, what they end up using there. Uh, the argument that a lot of people were making was based on the Zwift, the Zwift, Zwift racing.app rankings where they have split out the predictive how strong are you part and the ranking points how well have you raced part um because you can inflate your how well have you raced part just by racing a lot um hmm. and if you race a lot and do well in some and poorly in the others that ends up uh getting you know adjusting your velo and like to how strong you are um and they actually do filter out a lot of the ways that people would kind of try and game the system like uh maybe i'll just like sandbag a race and and it will it'll drop my velo so i can race in an easier category well that they don't rate those races then if you take too long to finish um those kinds oh, of has things. anybody posted about doing that in the zwift riders group specifically mm, i don't i don't know no? what you might be uh, uh, referring to <clears throat> okay I can only think of one man, and we shall not speak his name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think Zwift pulled it because they put it out there, they saw what happened to it, and then they're going to tinker with the back end, and they didn't want everyone's numbers bouncing around, and a whole bunch of people screaming about their number. Like, people yeah. are ridiculous about this stuff. Yep. So they just didn't want the usual crowd screaming at them because their number changed 20 points when it wasn't using anything for any race while they were tinkering right and then once it comes back out i mean i know there's a lot of people who are like just use swift racing dot app and i mean i don't know i don't run a website like this is what always kills me about some of this stuff is like somebody's job is to think about this and program for it and do all this every day but you race on it for maybe five six hours a week and you're like i know how all this works listen to me Provide your feedback, provide what feels good to you, provide what you're interested in. But like the idea that you know better than a guy whose job it is to think about this and write it and program it and his career depends on it. I, I don't have too much energy for that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm getting a lot of value for $14.99 a month US. Um, I'm not going to complain about things like that. But I mean, like, I'll, like if, if I'm into the survey or there's a post that's like, what did you think about it? How did it make you feel? Was it interesting? Did you understand it? I'll totally provide my feedback about that. But I'm not going to be like, this is the worst rating system you could ever come up with. You know, I've thought about it for 10 minutes that I could program this for you. It's like, then apply for a job. <laughs> some of this might come from some of my other professional experience. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know uh, what you're referring to, counselor. <laughs> if you're interested in attending uh, Brent's upcoming <laughs> TED talk, just head to the back door garage. Um, you can sign <laughs> up there. 
<laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right. Those of you who don't know what they're talking about, my backdoor garage, you can check my Facebook feed where they're promoting an event where I'm doing a talk about something, not even a town council thing, a lawyer thing. But yes, Steve Pritchard just pointed out that the background looks like I'm going to remove your kidney for a nickel. <laughs> it's happening in your local uh, by-the-month rental storage unit with the roll-up garage door. It's fine. Bring the kids. All good. Yeah. Good times had by all. My uh, kidney removal rating is zero. <laughs> <laughs> so no repeat customers. <laughs> Or be customers, but no complaints. Also, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Sean, for explaining uh, that to me. I appreciate that. I think on that note, we will say thank you to also Sean Vogelberg and thank you to Chris Greela for being on the Vingtron this week. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone who is doing herd autumn racing experience. Post about your experience in the Facebook group and um, enjoy your races this weekend, everybody. Moo and good night. Yeah. Bye.